Welcome to Larry Reedy's America. Uh, today, my special guest happens, one of them happens to be my granddaughter. So I guess my other special guest has to be my grandson-in-law. So anyway, it's uh, Jill and Alex Freeze, and uh, Freeze, I should say. And uh, Jill, since I'm from the old school, uh, we're going to start with you, ladies before gentlemen. And for our audience, we'll start off uh, where you were born, uh, grade school, high school. I ask you a couple questions, then I'll go to Alex. So uh, take it away, Jill. Okay. Um, I was born in Batesville here, and I went to the Batesville Public Schools my whole life through high school. And then college, I went to the University of Indianapolis. Um, I started out um, studying nursing and then switched to business. Okay. Now, when you went to the University of Indianapolis, uh, were you on four-year program, two-year program? Four-year. Four-year. Okay. So... What did you major in? You majored in business, then? Yes, I got a. I majored in business and minored in psychology. Okay. Well, now we're going to go to your husband. Okay. Okay. Alex, where'd you grade school, high school, college? So I went to grade school at St. Louis. Then uh, high school went to Oldenburg Academy, and for college I went to Purdue University for mechanical engineering. Okay, and. Uh, at, when you were at Purdue, uh, did you have any kind of a internship uh, when you were in the summers or anything for engineering? Yeah, I worked a couple summers in engineering at Woodmiser um, here in Batesville, and then I spent a summer at Woodmiser in uh, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Jill, how about you? Did you work any place in the uh, summer that would help you in business? Um. No, not really. I worked at um, Somerset CPAs in Indianapolis for a little bit, and that was my first business-type job. Was your Aunt Donna taking care of you? She was. Okay. <laughs> She's what got me interested in human resources, Yeah. which is what I, mean, I do now. Yes. Yeah. She, well, you know, her company was bought out. Yes. And uh, I think it's going to be a little easier on her because— uh, she, I think she kind of babysat for 300 CPAs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. okay, now, uh, out of college, what was your first job? So I, after uh, college, I started at uh, Woodmiser. I actually worked in Indianapolis where I'd interned uh, as a design engineer there for, uh, I was there for about four years, um, okay. new product development. Um Designing new sawmills was my primary job there. Now, now and I'm, I think this Chris Hooten, he travels all over the all over for that, does he? Or he used to. Yeah, at the time he uh, he was over the, their uh, shows. And, yes. Uh, he, so he tra would travel around doing put on shows and stuff like that. So. And there's another plant, Woodmiser, in what country? Uh, there's one in Poland as well, another manufacturing facility. Um, they actually completely build their own 
installs over there. I got to spend a little bit of time over there and work with the engineers directly there for a while. So that was a, that was a good experience. Um, very, very different in Europe, but mm-hmm. very likable people as well. Yeah. I, I learned a lot working with them. So, Okay. Jill, what was your first job out of college? Um, it was at Safe Passage here in Batesville. Say, okay, explain Safe so Passage. So Safe Passage is a domestic violence shelter for women and men who are looking to escape their not-so-great home life. You mean there's men in there? Yeah. There really? Mm-hmm. What, does the wife beat the hell out of them or what? Or if they, or huh. if they were gay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, I always thought it was just a no. w- women's shelter. No, it's both. Oh, okay. Well, like I say, I'm old school. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh, how long did you work there? Oh, I was there probably close to two years, I think. Yeah, probably about two years. Two years. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, I knew I wanted to get into HR at some point. And then uh, a spot opened up at Batesville Tool and Die. And so I went there and I was there for almost six years, six years about. And um, now I'm at Woodmiser. So. Well, would you like Woodmiser? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Well, I have to say that. You know, it's. <laughs> well, you know, it's. I mean, I, I think it's phenomenal that, that they've have grown so much, and I mean, it's a world worldwide product. I mean, it's unbelievable. Okay, Alex, how long did you work for Woodmiser? I worked there. I think four or five years it was, um, and it's like, like you said, it's it's grown a lot, and uh, I mean. Dad was an engineer there for, I think, close to forty years. Really? And he actually just retired um, this year. Well, when when did Woodmiser start? I wasn't it Last in the was early seventies. Uh, I think it was. It would have been eighty two. I think eighty two. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and it's it's all employee owned at this point, which is 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 pretty cool because yeah. you know people they were there a long time. Obviously, owned a lot, and so like like. I still stock from my yeah. time there, so seeing them grow has been great for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so your your dad actually then he would have been one of the original guys working there. Yeah, and they were they were definitely small when he started. I think he was he was one of the longest longest employees really? there. So. so does he like retirement? Oh, he's loving it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after Woodmiser, you went to Medmiser. Yeah. So. Uh, it was actually uh, Dan, when Dan DeCalvey, uh, when he, he started Woodmiser, and then after he had they'd sold Woodmiser, they started Medmiser, and uh, it was actually when he had gotten sick, because he had done all the engineering at Medmiser, when he got sick, they hired me on to uh, take care of engineering, so um, I, I started there just over six years ago, and uh, so I specifically I basically took over engineering duty there. I was the only engineer at the time. Um, Explain what Medmiser does. So we made uh, like medical devices. So primarily like for long-term care and home care. So beds, wheelchairs, patient lifts, basically just any kind of medical device for the most part for, for like home, home care and long-term care. Yeah. A uh, real close friend of mine, I was in a service with, and best man his wedding. Uh, 
he's in hospice now, and he's bed, he's finally bedridden, and every couple days they have to use a lift to get him out of bed to put him in a wheelchair, but he's, uh, I, I think he's short-timer, and that'll be the, out of our wedding party, I'll be the last of the Mohicans because uh, I had one of my best friends die earlier this month, and it looks, I don't know if he'll make it through the month. So anyway, uh, so how how many employees does MedMiser have? I think we're around 60 or 70. Really that now. many? Well, yeah, we've been growing, growing a lot, and we're always we're always hiring. It seems like I used to know everybody in the place, but they've just been. We've had such growth in the last few years. I there's been a lot of new faces. I'm still trying to learn all the names. Yeah. So. Well, have you your facility? Have you got more land to keep growing yeah, for for expansion? Yeah, we've currently we've been adding on about every two years. We've been adding on to the building. I think we have we have room for quite a bit more expansion. Um, and then we also, we have a couple places that we off-site, like warehouses. Yes. Like, like yeah. the uh, Rusty Buck in the back yeah, of that. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, we, we have that as a warehouse. So. Well, you're building onto that, aren't you? Uh, they're, they're doing a loading dock on the back of that. Oh, is that what they're doing? Okay. Yeah, we, we just use that for warehouse space yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And we're and uh, another warehouse in Batesville, or yeah, we have another one over in uh, Morris that we just okay. store product and stuff at. So yeah, so okay, Jill, I, what are, are you HR in at Woodmiser now? Um, yeah, so I'm one of the HR generalists. There's two of us there in Batesville. Okay, but we both report to HRs mainly out of the Indianapolis, which is corporate. Okay, now, what what's the purpose of Woodmiser being in Indianapolis for corporate headquarters? Just because they, the execs want to be in a big city or what? I don't really know. You, do you know? <laughs> I mean, Alex? it's been there for a while. Oh, so. I know that. But well, I mean, when when Woodmiser started, um, the the one owner lived in Batesville, so they had the one facility in in New Point, which has now moved to Batesville. But the other owner. Uh, the, it was the Laskowski, yeah. um, Laskowski's, but he was from Indy, so they had a location there. So there you go. And in, in, yeah, so like they kind of split it. So Indy was always like blades and service and the executive stuff. Um, Batesville was more the, the steel manufacturer. Oh, so they actually have a facility to manufacture. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought when you said they're headquarters. Oh, no. <laughs> no, just like it's just more corporate, but they do okay. have manufacturing up there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like all, all sawmill blades um, are made up in Indy. Is that sharp. Actually, yeah, it's it's a pretty big facility up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most of their engineering stuff's out of that. So, so how many employees would Miser have? Uh, in the U.S., we have about 480 now because there's like satellite offices in Oregon, New York, places like that, Georgia. So about 480 in the U.S. How about overseas? In Poland? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think there's probably... Probably pretty close to four hundred. Wow, if not That's more than ama- that, it's it's pretty massive from my understanding. Well, you know, I had uh, Lance and Rhonda Green talking about mm-hmm. Batesville Tool and Die, and their first full year was seventy nine, 
they did $895,000 their first year. That was with Ron, Doug Bessler, and Dan Flutterman. Lance, I think, was just out of high school, went to work. Rhonda and uh, and Ron's wife was wife sweeping floors, doing everything. And I think they hired a couple more people. Uh, their projections for 2023, they got Batesville, Mexico, South Carolina, 900 people, 190 million projections for 2023 since 1979. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal growth. And if Woodmiser has that many employees, I, you have any idea what their re- projected revenue would be? Or, no, you no. can't. You can't talk. <laughs> can't no, talk. But that. I do know that every like we have quarterly business meetings, and they have um, different bonuses that you get based off the profit. And it's just been really it good. Ever, it up. keeps going up yeah. ever since I started yeah. there. So. Well, I never thought about that, but with with wood with Woodmiser employee owned and everything they probably they, yeah, it's, it's 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 all private so. yes and it, and it probably should stay that way but yeah. the being employee owned is a major benefit i mean it's oh. something that i feel like so many people don't understand how much of a benefit that is i well, mean sure it's different than anywhere else especially in town i think only what like six percent of companies in the u.s are esop yeah. like that so it's it's pretty great well you know the thing is if if you own a bit of the company, you're going to stay there and protect mm-hmm. your interest. Yeah. So I imagine the turnover rate <laughs> is, tur- turnover rate has to be none or next to none. Yeah, it is pretty small turnover. I mean, of course, right now it's a little different. I think than what it used to be because people that are just starting out, it's a lot more new hire turnovers. Yeah. So they don't see the benefit yet of yeah. the ESOP. Well, what do you, how long do you have to be there to, you know, buy a few shares? So, well, you don't really get to, you don't get to pick kind of, but you have to be there. You work a thousand hours for three years. Okay. So each year. That's until you're vested. Yeah. That's until you're vested, you're vested. but it like starts building 90 days. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you start building 90 days and then, um, but like if I leave right now, I don't get anything that I've already built, obviously. So when you're vested, that's when you like Alex was vested. So that's why we still see statements and such. So, but yeah. So even when you leave there, whatever shares you have there, it's just like stock. Yeah. You've yeah. got yeah, it. It is. They can buy you out and such. And they try to do that so that only the people that are working there are the ones profiting off of it. Yeah, but, but you don't want to do that. I mean, I don't want to buy ours. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But they do they, try to. Done, that's been a goal. Yeah. But they've that's been a goal of theirs, which I think is also really cool because they just want the employees that are there to. Yeah. But, yeah, you can only uh, – there's only a couple ways you can make money when you're sleeping and uh, or or at night, and that's uh, if the market's going to go up the next morning or if you own a car wash that's self-serve. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, but that's pretty cool. So, okay, so you're both pretty well set in your career. Now, let's, let's talk about – your children, how many children, and how they're doing? Okay, so we have 
three kids. We have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, um, both boys, and then we have a daughter who just turned a year old. So if or they some I think Granny said they're both gonna be in preschool this coming year. Yeah. So two, two yeah, so our oldest is Reed and he's in preschool right now, and then Tristan will go in preschool next year. So then both of them will be in preschool every single day. That's pretty cool. I mean, I guess. It's yeah. a lot of running. That's, and a, and half <laughs> a lot day, of money. <laughs> half day, right? Yeah, half day, each of them on yeah. opposite days. And so you're not going to go after the record? No. Okay. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Uh, no, you, you can keep the record. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, now, next thing. Uh, let's let's start in the nonprofit hobby of Alex's. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> or let's say the expensive hobby of Alex's. Yeah. Okay, now, if I remember correctly, you, your dad, and your brother buy and restore cars. Okay. Just for the fun of it, how many cars do you have right now? I have about three and a half cars, I would say. <laughs> okay. There's one car that I don't know if it's me or my dad, so that's all I'm saying, a half. Okay, so collectively, if you put them all together. I think maybe maybe 12, 12, 12, okay. 12 old cars. Why, why don't you name the ones? So the, the ones that I have is, uh, one I've had the longest is a 1970 Le Mans station wagon. That uh, my dad actually got for me for my 16th birthday, and this really? isn't this isn't like a it wasn't like a <laughs> this wasn't much of a gift. Let's just say, <laughs> I mean, this thing was rough. Like, yeah, I mean, it it, it needed everything. It took me uh, it took me about 12 years to restore it. I mean, it was it was rough. We did, but new condition now. It, yeah, it, it it's basically new at this point. We pulled off the frame. I, uh, I had to make quarter panels for it on the press break at work. We, I think I welded about 100 patches in this thing. Rebuilt the engine, suspension, and rear end. I mean, transmission, there's there's nothing in this car that hasn't been rebuilt. Are they all ori original replacement parts? Or? Uh, I mean, most, like, for instance, that station wagon, they don't even make replacement parts for it. So, like, I mean, that's half the battle with with some of the cars is finding parts like that station wagon. There was a, uh, there was a, one of the turn signal lights they don't make. And, uh, I spent years looking for one. It was shattered and I actually ended up buying a whole nother car just for a turn signal. So I was told I had a good turn signal and I get it. And it didn't even have a good turn signal, but I used other parts off of it. Yeah. And I finally came, I, I'm still actually looking for a turn signal for the car, but I have one that I have one that works, but so yeah, that's everything I've ever bought was just a, a basket case that we've we've I mean done everything from from paint body I mean you, you name it we we've done it so well how how do you do you have a regular paint shop to keep the dust from getting on when you're painting the like they do in the body shops yeah, or so. Uh, for years, my uncle has a restoration business. So for years, we we painted cars out there. But now, uh, at my dad's shop, we've actually kind of built a paint booth, and that's the last couple cars we've done. We actually really? we actually paint and 
out of his shop there. Um, then, okay. then now I have my own shop built. I, I don't, I don't do paint and body. I, I got out of that game. So. <laughs> well, what is your, what's your second one? And then we'll find out your yeah. half one. So the second car I got was a 74 GTO. That's a, that's a drag car that I, I got. I think it was like maybe my senior year of high school. And uh, again, it was a basket case. So we, we welded quarter panels on it and redid the paint, built an engine for it. And over the years, I think I've probably been through about 12 or 15 different engine combinations from <laughs> running, how Jill's looking at me now, from running pretty slow when we started off to now running twin turbos probably makes close to a thousand horsepower so we've it's been through many many stages of yeah. uh it's still a street legal car we i don't not much anymore but we used to get it out quite a bit but now with three kids and there's only two seats in the car <laughs> yeah it sees the road occasionally so then, wait you know years ago uh one of my customers at uh one of the service stations uh, he had a company and uh, he did a lot of work, and he, he was having rough times, and he was getting ready to go out of business or sell his business, one of the two. I could have bought a judge for a song. I mean, for a song. He just, because he was going through a divorce also. <laughs> he just wanted cash. And I said, no, nah. I said, I've only got a two-car garage, and... A lot of junk in it there, <laughs> so I, did, I didn't buy it. Uh, what's your half car? Well, I, I have a third. Well, actually, technically, it's Jill's car, but I bought her. She, she, she didn't like it at the time, <laughs> but I bought her a, a 68 Le Mans convertible, which uh, was actually a buddy of ours that passed away. He was in the process of redoing the car, so I bought that uh, maybe three or four years ago, and uh, I, uh, again, I, I redid it, paint body, redid the interior, new wheels, got it, got it all shined up and back on the road. And, uh, and now that it's redone, she actually, she, I think she claims it now. It, it, at first it, it looked like a heap of trash, <laughs> but it, 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 uh, she well, went, how often does she drive it? Well, in the summer months, we probably get it out about once a week. Yeah. Do you I let her drive? Or oh, do I, drive? I do. I drive it most of the time. But when it dies I'm, on me I'm, I'm, I'm when normally, I'm driving, I don't like that. I'm normally drinking when, <laughs> when, when we have it out. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, a, it's a weekend car. That's I'm, neat. It, will, it is, but I've driven like it when, to work before when we come over to the When we come over to the pool here or something. Yeah. I mean, you probably don't look out here, but that's that's like a that's a weekend pool car. Yeah. When I'm when I'm drinking beer and sitting in the backseat with the kids, she's driving, so... So, okay, so I presume your dad has the most cars. Uh, actually, not anymore. He's uh, he's he's sold quite a few. Really? He I think he got to the point that uh, we just it, it's like all we were doing was changing oil and working yeah. on it. So yeah. he's down to I think I'd say I think he says he has a. Uh, 61 tempest wagon he has a 68 convertible which which he uh he bought for my mom <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a family tradition yeah. <laughs> and then uh between me and him we have a 68 gto which it, it's a future project but it's it's a it's just a neat car that uh, we 
we bought with, and I, whenever we come across a good deal on parts, like, like I bought an engine for it a few years ago. He bought the body shell. So, and I bought a bunch of random parts for it a while back. Just it's, it's we're probably going to do it at some point when we get time. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe when I retire, I don't know. We'll see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, and. 1970, my CPA, toward the end of my fiscal year, he said, uh, go buy a car or something. You, you, you need something to depreciate. You, you're not spending any money. And I said, okay. I said, I got a company car. I said, uh, I think I hit a, I, I don't remember what it was, but I, uh, I hit a deal with a company attorney that I provide him a car for. I always oh, a Buick. I think it was Buick Riviera, and I said I'll, I'll give Art. I'll let him have that car instead of paying him an annual fee. And uh, so anyway, I went down and I bought a seventy Coupe Deville convertible, Cadillac. I drove it home. I, naturally, I didn't tell. Your grandmother, Jill. <laughs> so I drove it home, pulled it in the driveway, and I was in Cincinnati on candlelight, and I think uh, think she was making dinner at the time. So I went in, I said, hey, Nance, come here, I want to show you something. And she's got, she's. I remember she had an iron skillet in her hand. I'm surprised she didn't hit me with it. But <laughs> we walked out, and I, and I hit the top down beautiful car I said what do you think she took one look at that and one look at me and she said I think you're a total asshole (laughs) (laughs) so 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 when I finally when I finally talked her in riding in it I mean it was like we hit a Pontiac station wagon she would not get in that car I finally talked her into it so I opened the car door for her, hid the top down. She got in it, and she said, uh, aren't you forgetting something? And I said, like what? She said, your pimp hat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, and she, I did that quite a few times with her. The, the, the worst time is when I when I pulled a Rolls Royce in the garage and that was because uh, I got rid of her Mercedes that she had so <laughs> but anyway so and your brother has some cars too yeah he is a he has a 74 GTO um, similar to mine um, that he bought from another buddy of ours that passed away and uh, that's a race car as well and it's it is uh, I've been helping him quite a bit over the last few years with it it is nasty I mean, it's you take it down to Edgewater. Yeah, we've taken it down there a few times. We're still we get, we got a lot of bugs we're working out. We we don't get as much time at the track as what we should. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, I mean, three kids. Yeah, we have three kids, yeah. and he's got a couple of kids, and but uh, I mean, it's got a five hundred five engine with a twin massive twin turbos. I mean, it's it's making probably fifteen hundred horsepower. And it's just, I mean. It's stupid. It it really is. Like we we shouldn't we we shouldn't be playing with stuff like this. And, well, you know, and we're we're driving this thing on the street too. 
a, a buddy of mine, Bill Coates, he, uh, it's funny, he, when, when I went in the service, uh, we lived on Rutledge Avenue in Price Hill, and besides having a duplex home, the old man, my stepmother, had a duplex next to it, and Bill was growing up in there. So I didn't know him as a kid, but he has a Saturn that he's got modified that's, and he, he's, I think Bill's, uh, let's see, I'm 84. He's probably 76 or 78. He goes down Edgewater and goes all <laughs> over drag racing still. So, and it, it's funny because, uh, <sighs> Years ago, when I hid the Kawasaki shop in town, and I, the big offender was Don Dickey, Dogger Dickey. I sold him a GPZ 750. We put hot pipes on it and everything, and he's just roaring through town, says everybody else. And uh, Ed Krause was a state cop, and he came to the shop one day, and he said, you tell that Dogger Dickey if I catch him going around town anymore, I'm going to confiscate his bike, which you can't do him. I said, I will. So I got I got about, oh, I don't know, maybe 20, between Batesville and Sunman, maybe 20 guys that bought bikes. And I, I'd pay their entrance fee. We'd, we'd ride down to Edgewater on Friday night. And... Dogger hit his time down perfect. I mean, you know, you can, you know how it works with the, if if you got a real hot bike, you know, you get a head start on him, then they let it go, and whoever hits a quarter mile first, the one that amazed me that every time I went down there, this woman won, and the first time I saw it, this guy came down with a. Kawasaki wasn't street legal. He had, I mean, he had a drag bar on it. I mean, it was really, really fast. So in the finals, the first night, this woman on a Honda 750 automatic beat him. I mean, she was three quarters away down the track when he took off, but she still won. <laughs> she yeah, had that timing down. A lot of times with bracket racing, I mean, it's all about consistency that's what we'll get to some of these races which i don't like bracket racing but that's yeah it's, it's what most races are just because it, it can allow somebody with no budget to race with somebody that's that's yeah spent a lot of money because i mean if like these heads up races which that's what they call just i mean run what you run kind of races i mean it's, it's whoever's got the deepest pocket wins yeah. so most most of the weekend stuff's all bracket <coughs> racing like that which i mean i i get but like for instance, like me and my brother, like and uh, my cousin too, we're all just like we don't we don't care about winning. Like we care about winning between us. Like who's got yeah. the fastest car? So like we'll line up together at one of these races. And like I know my, like my brother's car. Like it, I mean, it's ten times faster than mine. It should be like, but like I'll dial the same as him just so we can run heads up. Even though that I mean, it's just that's that's it's it's a different kind of racing. But well, you know, funny thing that but. Like that 750 Honda automatic, you can't possibly spin the wheels. You can't spin yeah. a tire, and it it sets. It has to be consistent because 
you can go full throttle right away and it's still so slow to get down the track and they you know she started build she starts building up a little speed at about an eighth of a mile and then this guy you know right right on it he is off like a rocket it just it's fun. it was fun to watch okay now anyway let's talk about money making hobby <laughs> and I know you don't call it glamping, but I saw a movie one time, I think it was a Hallmark show, that they went to, somebody went to this resort and they got these tents with room service mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And so talk, you, Jill, you start, talk about the glamping, how you, or what do you, you don't call it, you call it no. staycation. Yeah, kind of. So... Me and my friend, we started a business, Joyful Lifestyle, and it started out as just something fun that we wanted to do. We both had young kids at the time, which we still kind of do, but... Uh, you think? Kind of? <laughs> well, they're older, than, they're older than when we started. I mean, the, the boys aren't okay. shaving yet. <laughs> they're older than when we started, so we had a lot younger kids, and we were just trying to kind of... Um, make things that made people's lives with young kids easier so we start out with sensory type um, gifts that people could purchase and then we've just expanded from there so anyways now our biggest focus is um, a lot of people do refer to it as glamping um, but they we have do what a, now? they refer to it as glamping okay yeah so we have a canvas tent basically that we rent out and you can choose all sorts of different add-ons to it it can be any type of theme we'd had a halloween theme we've had okay what do you do for a halloween thing um i mean they just we decorate it in halloween decorations and then like for example that when they purchase different foods so we made a charcuterie board with um like just all different looks of Halloween. You dip pretzels in, you know, orange well, chocolate. You, and I, I mean, do you make them a meal or like a dinner? Or I mean, not a meal, but, but like a charcuterie. Like yeah, I know We could do is. like the snacks or we can do, um, I mean, really anything. We've we set up a whole um, birthday party for these little girls to make flower bouquets. So really? we worked with um, the petal pushers out in by my house in Peppertown. So it's a flower farm. We worked with them. We got flowers. We brought them there, and it was really cute. So, so it seems okay now. What about? Are you doing anything for like for one that spring breaks today? Yeah, we yeah we've posted for spring break. We um we got a hit from that. We are currently working on one. We have next weekend for another little girl's birthday party. And it's very outdoorsy themed. So we bring all different activities that her and her friends can do. And what, like, do you bring a cornhole thing or anything like um, that? I mean, well, neither of us have cornhole, but, oh, okay. <laughs> but we can bring games. We have all sorts, we've had girls' night where we brought all different games for um, these girls to play together. Um, I mean, really, our possibilities are kind of endless. We've done a little bit of everything so far. So when, when they're, how how many does the tent sleep? Um, what did we get in there? It's it could sleep like six to eight. 
I mean, it depends on if it's kids or adults. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. And when the kids have a party, what's the usual age? I know they're. Um, uh, it's been a wide variety. I'd say like six to fourteen has been the kids' age. So, the the parents will supervise the young. Well, they probably should supervise I mean, the fourteen I don't years we old. We don't really care. Parents. <laughs> we just set it up and leave. Yeah. So we we'll just go. We set it up and we put out any decorations that they wanted to help with the theme and. How long does it take you to set it up? Mm, it takes us, we've gotten it down. It takes us, the last one took about an hour. That's it? So, yeah, that's it. Wow. We're pretty good at it now. Okay, so <laughs> if, do they rent it for one day, weekend? How? Yeah, it just depends. Like our, we've had, most of them have been one or two days. And then this one that we have next weekend is all weekend. All weekend. Okay, mm -hmm. so what what are your rates for that? Um. So we give discounts if you do multiple days. But the base base rental is around one fifty. Okay, one fifty for a day. Yep. So if they do a whole weekend, what do you do like for three hundred for three days or something? Like yeah, that? I mean yeah. it just kind of depends also on what add-ons they want. Okay. So we give you know discounts if you add multiple add-ons. It it really just depends because it's all very customizable, which is really nice. So. Okay, so are you? Is there any way you're thinking of expanding that to an extra tent or? Um, I mean, we hope to. We hope to need that. Um, we've ran into a couple times where we could have used it, and we're hoping to expand maybe to accommodate in the winter for indoor, to do like smaller tents that don't need staked in the ground all the time, and do some indoor events. So. We hope to do that. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, I yep. mean, it says, in other words, put it in a basement or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. We've had some interest with that, so we've been looking into doing that for this next year. So is your canvas tent, is it lightweight or heavyweight? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, heavy. It's, <laughs> it's heavy. It's pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I pretty, mean, it's a pretty tent. I mean, it's probably, I'd say it measures like 15 by 15. That's pretty big. Yeah. Tent. I mean, it's it's really big, and it's you know it it took us I think on average when we first started it would take us closer to three hours to set up, but now wow. we kind of know what we're doing a little bit more, and um, but I yeah it's pretty heavy. So you're the only one around doing that, yeah. In, in the yeah. Batesville Sunman area, yeah. So, uh, and you're just using social media and word of mouth. Yeah, and we have flyers that we post throughout town at like Amexwell, the library, places mm -hmm. like that, that people would, it would catch their interest to want to use it. You know, I'll, I'll bet if you hit an indoor tent that you could talk the library into having some kind of a play, mm -hmm. play day on yeah. one day a week or something for little mm -hmm. kids. I'll yeah. Bet, Cause oh, they, yeah. um, Kim Porter's pretty, I had her on a podcast. Mm -hmm. She's pretty sharp. She, yeah. She gets it done. Yeah. We hope to start partnering a little bit more with other businesses, photographers, different things like that to host more events where multiple people get to use it versus just individualized ones mm -hmm. like that. But, yeah. That's interesting. You know, just off the subject for a minute, talking about tents, <laughs> that Elon Musk never it never ceases to amaze me. They have a Tesla tent now that you hook up 
to the Tesla car so you can have air conditioning and everything. <laughs> it's 1200 bucks, And I watched this guy set it up, and it took him about less than five minutes. See, that's... That's uh, back in the 70s, Pontiac, Buick, all those. I remember that. The uh, the hatchback, like the GTO, the Nova, the Apollo, the whole, yeah. that whole, they had a 10 option on that. So I think he's just jacking it from there. Yeah, but see, what happens <laughs> with that electric car, when you open the trunk and you put the seats down, you got that air, it's airtight, yeah. you got that air flowing in there from the car. So, the, I mean, the, the I, Pontiac Aztec had that too. Yeah, like yeah. The, the shittiest meme. Oh, that ever. was a bad car. Oh, it was just ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you're dealing prehistoric. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, who's your partner in this? Uh, Lauren Meinsberg. Lauren Meinsberg. So is that Lance, Lance Green's? Yeah. yeah. His kids mm -hmm. married. Yeah, she's married. She's older than me. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, so what happens if somebody wants to rent this for a certain day, but you've got something else planned and, and she has something else planned? Um, I mean, you set it up a day in advance or <laughs> yeah, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we try to work around it. Honestly, we haven't ran into that too much, but anytime we've had, you know, with she has a little bit older kids, and so... Um, sports sometimes comes into play and things like that. So just one of us will set up or whatever. We've we've been able to make it work so far. That's the nice thing of having two of us. Mm -hmm. So uh, how about like 4th of July? Mm -hmm. Do you think any anything will happen there? Hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, do, I don't know, do they? Yeah. I did mean, you have it last year on 4th? I can't remember honestly. I don't know if we did or not, but we. I think you did. I think I think we may have, but we. Yeah, you, yeah you so did. did we? So over holidays, I mean, again, obviously, we just, you know, we're trying to get down to the point where just one of us goes and does the setup, the other person does the tear down, and again, if we have to because of our schedules, do it, you know, for a day early or something, we will do that, and mm -hmm. kind of is what it is, but. Yeah, it's, we both enjoy it. It's a lot of fun, and we get to be really creative with it, especially when we have people that just tell us, do whatever theme you want, and that's fun. That'd be, well, you know, that would be kind of neat if some way you had that as a winter thing with mm -hmm. some type of a heater that... But then you'd have to have yeah. a generator. That's <laughs> that's, just, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it would be, uh, or, you know, because uh, actually the winter that we had, you could have probably had a few days in there because it was so mild a few days. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you did something like Halloween and then you did something. Yeah. It was about a month ago you did. So, I mean, yeah, we did one a month ago already. We've had at least one this year. And then, um, yeah, we've had people with a lot of interest and in just figuring out the right time to book. And um, that day that recently it was really windy, um, like, like we had a wind advisory. It, I mean, we set up really? and yeah, we set up in that. And I mean, this thing is really sturdy. It's it's really nice. It's sturdy. It's it keeps the warmth in and it has ventilation. Um, it has like windows mm -hmm. for ventilation when it's hot and. 
It, it works pretty much all weather besides snow right now. Okay, so if if uh, a family of four, just two kids and mm -hmm. par the parents, I mean, they'd be oh, comfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so they oh, just easily. have to have good sleeping bags and such. Yeah, well, we have, we have different, um, like, blow-up mattresses and things like that that we Does that out go with it or is that an extra? That, that's an add-on, yeah. Okay. Because that takes... Because, I mean, we have sheets. We, we'll set it all up, but... That, okay, let's let's say, you know, I'm so adventurous on this outdoor <laughs> camping. Let's just say that I want to take your grandmother and, <laughs> and have a camping trip in our yard so I can get up and shoot in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so, and I wanted everything deluxe. How much is that going to cost me? I mean... We have a lot of add-ons. I don't, well, don't think. Okay, I mean, so let's put I mean, if if it were just you two, and maybe you wanted some snacks, and you wanted the sleeping, oh, and, beer, and I would say, <laughs> I would say, I mean, it'd be close to three, three fifty. I mean, for a night. If you, yeah, if you did all all the add-ons, if you basically wanted to come out to the tent, never leave, and you wanted to sleep in there, so we would provide food, all of that for you. And you never had to leave. That'd probably be three, three fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever do that with one? Have a have a real really loaded deal like that? Um, we we've had pretty close. Not we we've had a couple that have been pretty much like that. We had like a date night where basically the same thing, but there was a lot of other people, and then you know just a couple stayed in the tent, so that was a little different, but um. Yeah, we've had, we've had people do that before. Yeah. Well, you know what, what, how you could really expand that. So you get a travel trailer and hook. Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> we already have one. But yeah. Nobody's sleeping here. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the, the when uh, when we went camping when your dad and all his siblings were little. Uh, I'll tell you, we had more fun camping and campgrounds and meeting people. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go to a condo or a hotel. You don't meet anybody. Mm -hmm. I, we, we met every every time we went camping. We met people from all over, became friends. And mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we went uh, camping with this one guy. He uh, he wrote an article on us in the in his camping newspaper that he he was an editor of. But, I mean, it was all over the country. And uh, we went camping with him a, a few times, but we had the kids. It was him and his wife. And he, I found out he really had a drinking problem. <laughs> so I maybe mean, he didn't remember all the yelling that would happen at the kids. Oh no! Or, I mean, oh, he okay. just—he was just snookered at about seven o'clock at night. <laughs> so, so he fit in. <laughs> so, so uh, we—he'd always call and say, "Where are you going? Where are you going this weekend?" Oh, something came up, and I just finally—I told me, "We we just can't go with them. They're nice people." But they, you know, we, we'd take the kids down on Kentucky Lake and go fishing and mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. like that. And, and you, you couldn't get rid of him. Oh. You know, mm -hmm. just, uh, and he was probably, 
he and his wife were probably 20, 25 years older than us. Hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of like me right now, being <laughs> older than everybody. <laughs> so, but, okay, so w what else is going on in your guy's world? Any, mm -hmm. You got going on a vacation this year? Yeah, we're going on a couple now that we're done having kids and they're older. We're going to um, Texas in two weeks. Where are you going out in Texas? Um, Austin, Texas. Well, Tim Wiestefeld lives there. Mm -hmm. Oh, and my godson Mark Vogt lives there. There's a lot of people out there. Hmm. Well, Austin. Yeah. It's, we uh, never, neither of us have ever been out there, so we're going there in a couple weeks, and then we're going on a big family trip in June to North Myrtle Beach. We used to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been there. Um, I think Mom has, but, and then Alex goes to Norwalk every year, so he'll be doing big, that for a while. Big Pontiac race up there. Yeah. We had a... We start off with a 32-foot Holiday Rambler travel trailer. And our first big vacation was Myrtle Beach. And we put in reservations. And we were from from this table to the, the wall there, which is, what, 30 feet? Yeah. And uh, maybe, maybe less. But that was the beach. And then you walk right into the ocean. Wow. So really nice, and uh, I'm trying to think who was a baby. It was must have been. It was it was Matt because we still, yeah, Matt was an infant, and the travel trailer next to us, this woman was a nurse, and so we had a we had the baby and all these little kids or six of them at the time, you know, total. And um, so anyway, she would give Nancy a break and watch Matt so she could go to the beach <laughs> and, and enjoy a little of it. So one day, Nancy's in with, the, uh, in with Matt in the trailer because it was air-conditioned mm -hmm. and everything. And the... Next door neighbor, the woman's on the beach and her husband's out in the uh, out in the water, just walking his way in, and all these five kids are running around front, you know. And anyway, the, the gal introduces me to her husband, and he said, "This is Red Reedy, and he owns a defective condom factory." <laughs> And I told your mother that she said, or your grandma, she said, oh, she didn't say anything like that. I said, yes, she did. <laughs> so, so anyway, we're getting close to, we're into the 50-minute range, getting up towards the hour. So any words of wisdom for for anybody? Like, for instance, you like you like the HR business? Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for to let uh, maybe a high school student know how to, if she wanted to get involved in that and what it would take? Um, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, I mean, HR, you have to be able to deal with people very, very well. Right. So <laughs> if you don't like dealing with people or just listening, then. Well, would, if they went to college and if they wanted that as an option, uh, business major, what's yeah. your minor? I mean, you could always, I think what I did, I mean, what I did was recommended to me because business major, you can go into anything. So if you narrow it right. to just HR, you can, of course, major in that, but then you're pretty focused on yeah. that. And if you can't find a job, then you're a little bit so, out of luck. But And then minoring with psychology has always helped me because then you do understand why people behave certain ways and well, you all know, that. So when when I uh, when I was in business, yeah, I had I had two hundred people working for me at one time, and I went to Philadelphia, and I I have what you call a high A personality if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> So anyway, we had, there were like 28 in a class and there's a test that I used to give people. And after a while, like you could interview and kind of know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. But, you know, IQ, uh, practical judgment, empathetic judgment. And anyway... We're sitting in this class, and before it starts, this guy, that's the instructor, he's looking through all these, and uh, everybody's getting ready, and he says, oh, Christ. He said, we got Captain Marvel in the class today. <laughs> Guess who they were referring oh, to. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I would think... Those are two great uh, major and minor. Mm -hmm. If you want to get, I mean, they. I feel like they've helped me, honestly. I mean, obviously, there's so much more room to grow at all times because HR yeah. is always changing. But yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay, Alex, how about engineering? Well, first of all, you can't be dumb. <laughs> I know yeah. that. So, but if you don't like dealing with people, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go into that. But no, I just, uh, I mean, people that are good with math. I mean, since since about the time I could walk, I could take anything apart, rebuild, and put it back together. So that's it's kind of a clear choice for me, and my, that's my dad's a mechanical engineer, and like uh, he he told me from a young age, he said, "I'll support you whatever you do, but uh, I'm not gonna help you pay for it unless you go to Purdue." Yeah. <laughs> but and it's very difficult to get in Purdue and engineering, isn't it? It's it's one of the one of the top engineering schools in yeah. the country. So yeah. we're just lucky to have it here in Indiana, where uh, we have in-state tuition. So yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine I I can't imagine what out of state would be there. Yeah, it's it's pretty steep. So, I mean, in-state's yeah. pretty steep. So that's not bad. The the out-of-state kids are very hateful. The in-state kids, so I can yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> But it's uh, if if somebody wants to go into engineering and they're not very handy to start with, probably a bad choice. Well, I don't know. It depends. Like for what I do, it would be. But um, there's a lot of people that literally just sit behind a desk all day and like crunch numbers. So and there's there's a lot of people. People that are good at math, people that yeah. are just good at physics, stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, they're, they're not a. I'd say probably majority of engineers aren't really hands on. They're just there's people that are just book smart. But. Yeah, but they have to understand how things work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there there's a lot of engineering field. I mean, there's you wouldn't even believe. Like, I mean, there's people that that might work on for a, one fastener for a year. Just look at one bolt for a like it's, it's oh. yeah. I, I I couldn't do it, but. Oh. but I mean, anything you look out there, whether it's this cup you're looking at, I mean, so, there's probably a team of 100 engineers that worked on that cup. Well, I, well, it's the, the manufacturing of the design. I mean, there's just, really? I, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a, it's a crazy field. I mean, it, it's very, very diverse. I mean, there's people that stuff, I mean, stuff you would never even think about. There's an engineer behind it. So. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, David, uh, Julie's mm-hmm. son, uh, Carrie's brother of uh, engineering. He's never, I think aeronautical, if I'm not mistaken. Never worked a day in his life anything to do with that. He was just one, he became vice president, president of different companies and stuff, but never ever put that to use. So it's amazing. But anyway, so we're, we're just about the one-hour mark, and uh, I think we're going to wrap things up with the National Anthem. I want to thank you both for being here. It's been fun. Now, are you still nervous, Jill? No, I'm uh, good. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so let's, let's go out with the National Anthem. I want to thank our guests, Jill, uh, Alex and Jill, and want to thank everybody for listening. God bless you. God bless you, America. And I'll talk to you on the next podcast.